What inspires business leaders to take their startups to the next level? What helped their dreams to become reality? This is Meet the Makers, a City podcast series produced by EI Studios, the award-winning custom division of Economist Impact. My name is Sam Shaw, a journalist and presenter specializing in business, finance, and technology. In this four-part series, I'll be speaking to founders and CEOs of global SMEs to hear their unique stories of how they built and grew their businesses. In this, our third episode, we're looking at growing internationally. So we'll discuss understanding regional nuances, knowing how and when to enter a new market, and maintaining a consistent vision. Joining me today is the founder and CEO of SmartFit, Edgeguard Corona. Founded in 2009, SmartFit is a leading fitness brand in Latin America. The company has over 1,200 gyms in its network, found in more than 300 cities across 15 countries, which are visited by 3.8 million active members. Edgeguard has worked in the fitness industry for more than 30 years, and he joins me now. Welcome, Edgeguard. How are you today? Good to hear you. Thanks for the opportunity, Sam. Pleasure. Um, first question, was growing beyond Brazil always part of your plan, or did that happen kind of organically as you went along? We start our business in 1996 with a high-end gym, a very sophisticated gym. And we grew a lot till 2007, 2008. So a uh, little history, I was uh, entering a coffee shop here, and one of the attendants told me, listen, why don't you put your biorhythm club in my neighborhood? And I would pay for this. And he asked me something around 50 or 60 reais. And at the time, we charged 300. So I keep this in mind. And six months later, I was in the U.S. in a room table. And then I saw Planet Fitness. Okay, that's a great idea. Maybe it could serve the lower-income people in Latin America, delivering a great experience. So I moved to their head office and try to bring that to Brazil. The guy told him, listen, we are not interested in Latin America. So I come back to Brazil, and what I want to do, I want to deliver a high-end experience, a beautiful experience, like a high value, low price, best offer. And we launched SmartFit in 2009. And the first four clubs was great success. We have 300, 400 members in the first day, and growing, selling, and selling, and selling. Okay, that's a great idea. Let's improve this. 2010, we go to Patria, it's a private equity here, and they enter in the company. And when they enter in the company, they put such amount of money for what? I don't think we have room in Brazil to produce 20 or 30 clubs. So let me look at a place that looks like Latin America. And, and we look for Mexico. Because in Brazil, I have 220 million people. Mexico has 120. So uh, like the Portuguese navigators that try to, to discover Latin America. Brazil works with our process that works in Latin America. So we discover a new world. We have a, our region to explore. And, and that, that's the start of the history. Wonderful. Thank you. And when you've grown beyond Mexico into other markets, how did you decide to order the markets in which you entered? So how did you determine where you went next, for example? First, in 2003, we changed the, the way we manage the business. Instead of very bureaucratic, every club works like a cell. So uh, what we ask for the manager in this club is you need to, to deliver a great experience. And the way we manage is uh, we understand that if you have a, a great employee engagement with a focus on customers, we will succeed. But more than this, and imagine that you have a club here in Sao Paulo 
in this neighborhood. And the next door, you have another club, Smart Fit. And your score here is 60, and your neighbor club is 70. Listen, we have a problem. Go call your team here. The same man has 70, we have 60. Why can't we do to improve our spirits? And you put people to talk, to discuss. And from this, you have plenty of ideas. And then you generate projects. And then action plans. And these action plans improve your number. But then that became knowledge for the company. And you discover great people from the ground that these guys become the general managers, the directors, or maybe one of them will be the, the new CEO of the company. They understand a lot about business, a lot about people, a lot about fitness. So doing this, we are able to send these people throughout the whole Latin America. So what we're looking, France, Mexico, 120 meters, but Colombia, 45. Peru, nobody's serving this. If it looks for Latin America, it was only have genes at the time, 2009, 2010, 2011, for higher income people, for wealthy people. You don't have physical activity for lower income people. So uh, that was the opportunity. That was our dream in this, is to serve and deliver great experience for all this population. When you first assessed the opportunity, the learnings that you took from the US, when you were looking at how to apply that to the Brazilian market or the Latin American market, what adaptations do you think you needed to make? What parallels did you see, perhaps? Well, first, we developed a lot of systems. The first payment recurring system was created here in SmartFit. So we are proprietary of our softwares. Imagine that this software that we have here, part of the people that left the company created a company that was sold to the market like a dot-com company. So it uh, was a great software. But we're concentrating our, we're able to go to Mexico and put the banks in our system, create all the environment with our system. So I don't need to pay a lot of money to other companies to uh, uh, give the softwares to us. So system process are, are created here, and we have great people that we have an internal university and a master's degree in physical education is certificated by the university in Brazil for all our people here. So that is easy to spread this. But we go to Mexico, we clip our payment systems, our checking systems, our customer satisfaction systems, uh, our uh, human research systems, and putting this together in understanding the culture, we are able to repeat the experience. The only thing we did differently is understanding that when we enter a market, you look for a partnership at the first time. Because we know the business, but we don't know Mexico. We don't know Colombia. We don't know Peru. So we have some kind of particularities that a local partner can avoid a lot of mistakes. When the company grew, then we buy this partner and we bring this on board. So then we keep 100%. And that then obviously helps you keep oversight in terms of you having to adapt the ways of working. You've worked with a partner that's already on the ground in that region. I think it's more improve the culture. Imagine that the majority of the organizations 20 years ago or 10 years ago, works like Frederick II. You have the army, but you don't tell for, for your generals what is the strategy. Maybe they cross the border and tell the, to the enemy what's happened. Then you have accountability, uh, operations, and the people don't talk to each other. We are more organic since 2009. And being organic means you have 12,000 people building a different kind of environment, delivering different experience. So uh, 
maybe you have some kind of difficulties when you go to a country like Mexico, that's very hierarchical. Uh, when you go to the to your guy that is working in the floor and ask you, Frosan, what do you think that we can change here? Tell me what I need to do, and I will do. I'm here to serve you. We work in a different way. We work to understanding the floor and, and talking and building together. We did a kind of roadshow in Mexico to explain how it, this begins. So we went there to tell, listen, we started in a small gym and this happened and suddenly went here as a front desk and now it's a CFO and mixing opportunities, the history and everything together. And in the middle of this, we have a lunchtime and we, we hire a, a catering to serve these people. And what happens? The catering fail. We have no food at, at, at lunchtime. So what I did with my two VPs, every one of us, I went to McDonald's, the, the other go to Pizza Hut, the other go to, listen, do 300 burgers, 400 burgers, the other 200 pizzas. And we put everything in the, in the vans and come back to the place where doing this event. And we serve the people and we apologize. But for them, it's crazy. The CEO of the company is here. They went to take food for us, serve us. They didn't understand what's happening there. And then when the event come back, after a time, I went to the stage and told, listen, let me use this time to apologize myself. We're not planning to do this. What we're planning to do, it's a big surprise, but we fail. The catering did appear here, but I cannot put the guilt in the catering. I am the responsible. So I apologize myself. But using this as an example, it will happen to all of us during our, our journey in serving people. So doing mistakes, if you need to do in front of the, the member, you need to take a decision, take a decision. If it's wrong, doesn't matter. But in service, you cannot, okay, I'm going to ask the, the, my director if I can do this. They need the answer in the moment they ask you. So if somebody in the organization tell you that you cannot do this, that's my email, that's my phone number, please email me, but act. Don't react, act and, and do what you think is, is the best way. So that, that changed Mexico. From this time, they began to talk. And, and if you go to the, the, our events uh, all around the, the, the Latin America, it's a different feeling, different kind of environment, the culture. And were there any other regional differences that you had to face? So I'm thinking like language barriers or, you know, you've mentioned cultural differences, anything maybe regulatory wise or anything like that? Yeah, Latin America. We have more rules than uh, any place in the world. So uh, every city has a different rule. That's why we, we choose local partners that we understand how to adapt. For example, in Colombia, they love bicycles. So we have a, a spinning class, bike classes in our clubs in Colombia. That's important for them. So uh, it's a, one thing that we adapt for the country. So our 140 stores in Colombia, you have bike classes. Great. Okay. And how do, you, how do you know what good looks like from region to region? How do you measure success or how long do you let things run for before you, you make that judgment? We have metrics. When you open the club, pre-open, we, we need to have a, around 20% of the, the club full. And uh, after three months, we, we need to reach certain number of members based on, on return of investment that we expect from that club. For example, I, I went to Peru. We opened three stores, three different regions. We imagine what's going to happen. And we check if what we are doing, it's okay. If it's okay, then we move fast. Then we open a lot of clubs looking for the best uh, spots and the best real estate. 
then we will pay the market. That's what we did. We have the leadership in all the countries that we are. We are leaders. And you've talked about some of the differences from country to country and different markets, but how do you strike the balance between adapting to those differences whilst maintaining a consistent brand or a consistent culture that's in line with your vision? No, the culture is the same. The brand is the same. If you go to Mexico or if you, if you come here to Brazil, with your finger, you enter in a club, you'll know which country you are. Latin America, maybe that's true. Here, we speak Portuguese. In Mexico, they speak Spanish. So you understand that you're in a different country. But that's the difference. The systems, the process, the management tools are the same. For example, the CFO of Mexico today is the CEO in, in, in Colombia. So we move a lot of people, but the feeling and the process is exactly the same. Great. When you were expanding into these different regions, how did you know what you needed from your banking partners and the organizations that you work with financially at different points in that process? At the beginning, we suffered a lot with this because uh, it's different from Europe. You have a bank with, with the same currency and, and uh, things like that. So we are big in Brazil. We have a great balance in Brazil, but you are nothing in Mexico. We are nothing in, in Peru. So we need to look, look for local banks and then explain for them what is a low-cost club and what our kind of business. They don't understand. They don't know how this works. So it's hard to have credit. We suffer a lot a long time. That's why today we, we are very heavy uh, global banks. So uh, Citibank today, we have city in Peru, in Colombia, in Chile, in Brazil, in Mexico. So I need cash in Mexico, but don't need in Brazil. But it's the same balance. Otherwise, I need to send my CFO to Mexico, then I send to Peru and send to Costa Rica. Now, uh, it makes my life easier and uh, it helps the speed of uh, doing things here to help me in our growing process. And what other risks did you face that you've had to overcome on this journey? What really changed a lot is uh, regulations in that country. So the increase of uh, taxes and, and a change in legislation during the COVID, to imagine. 14 or 15 different geographies, but here in Latin America was worse. Every city has its own legislation. So 230 cities putting different rules. Okay, here we need masks. No, here we close uh, weekends. No, here we close 7 a.m. Here we close 7 p.m. So it's like a boardroom that you need to manage to understanding. So I think that's the main problem. And did you ever have plans to enter a market where you either had to change your plan or withdraw or maybe adapt more so than you had originally thought you might need to? We are covering all the countries except Bolivia, Venezuela and Nicaragua. I think maybe one day we'll go there. For example, we open clubs in Costa Rica, also a small, small country, but we have 17 clubs there and we see opportunity to double this. So. In the, in the early days, I, I would never imagine that uh, I would have 30 clubs in Costa Rica. Or I never imagined that I have, will have 50 clubs in Dominican Republic. So it, we open clubs and the people are coming. Because if you go to the U.S., you have 20%, 22% of population doing uh, physical activity in clubs. In U.K., I think it's 13, 14, something like this. Latin America is four. Logical that income is lower. They don't have money. But we can grow this. Uh, improving the offer. You have some uh, neighborhoods, some uh, uh, white space that you don't have clubs. So when you enter them, the people appear. 
Now I have the opportunity. It's close to my house. It's close to my job. So it's a, we have a lot of work in, in our region for the next years. Enough to keep you busy. Yeah. Uh, just final question then, just to conclude. If you could give your younger self some advice or if you were to give someone some advice starting out, what would that be? Do a lot of mistakes. Take some risk. It's always a learning experience. You, you cannot repeat the mistake. But if you say, I never fail, you never try. You need to try. That's why I tell to my people, let's do it. We need control, but not too much control. We need to uh, generate creativity. We need to generate passion. Uh, uh, that's what I'm discussing. You love to work. I don't work. But I think Sunday night, for, oh, tomorrow I need to go to the office. If you have this, resign. Go do another thing because you are not happy. It's good to be with the family, but you need to love what you do. You need to love that you are changing the world, that delivering great service, improving people's life. So give a contribution to the world. And doing this means the people love to be part of, to, to contribute. And so the advice is do mistakes, fail. That's, that's the, the most important thing in the, in the organization. Edgar, thank you so much for your time. It's been really, really lovely talking to you. Thanks for the opportunity. Love to be here. Thank you. Do join us for the fourth and final episode in this series of Meet the Makers, Sustaining Long-Term Growth, where I'll be talking to Tom Saki, founder of TerraCycle. Thank you for listening. All opinions expressed by the participants in the Meet the Makers podcast series are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of City Commercial Bank.